you're listening to the Workplace Wellbeing Podcast, discussing the future of employee wellbeing. Hi, and welcome to the Workplace Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Ian Hogg, Chairman of Fastpay, and today I am very pleased to be joined by Rachel Letham, a positive mindset and self-care coach, working with her own clients as well as an associate coach with We Are Wellbeing. Rachel specialises in helping people establish a positive mindset and achieve growth whilst leading more fulfilling lives. She's also the author of the book, Self-Care for the Seasons. Today, I want to discuss the work that Rachel has been doing with companies to support them as they start to bring employees back to the office after lockdown. In particular, how to ensure that employee concerns are addressed. I don't think we could have picked a more topical subject with many companies planning to bring their teams back to the office after the summer. So I'm sure that what Rachel has to say will be of interest to many. Hi, Rachel, thanks for joining us. Hi, Ian. Thank you so much for having me. No, you're welcome. Listen, why why don't we start with um, you giving the listeners a a, a bit of background about yourself and how you ended up as a leadership coach specialising in self-care? Sure, definitely. So it's probably um, just needing to do my own bit of self-care, which led me down this path. So my corporate background was in the fresh produce industry, which was very stressful, very fast paced industry. Um, So I used to be a bit like the man from Del Monte and travel around the world, um, choosing fruit for um, supermarkets. And then um, I sort of worked up the leadership ladder and um, was operations director. I ran a strawberry farm for two years. Um, then I was head of brand and communication. So it's a very fast paced lifestyle. And at one point, I was working sort of 80 hour weeks. And my version of self care was going for a run after work and probably having a glass of wine. So it wasn't very sustainable. And um, I actually had a car accident about seven years ago. And at the time, I went to see like not my normal doctor. Um, and this guy was like, do you know what car, ha- car accidents happen for a reason? And I was like, well, yeah, the big truck drove into me. But actually thinking about it, I think that was the moment that kind of made me stop and just go, do you know what? You can't live such a fast paced lifestyle that is just go, go, go all the time. You have to do some relaxing. You have to look after yourself. And I could see then I was edging towards a kind of start of burnout. So I really tried to focus on what did I need to do to sort of create a bit more work-life balance? But also, you know, I loved my job and I loved everything that I was doing. So I wanted to do it all, but I needed to understand ways to nourish myself and help myself along the way. Um, So that's kind of where my personal development journey started. And I really got interested in the fact that self-care is something that we need to do continuously rather than just something to tick off the to-do list. And so I started to work ways of how I could bring that into my life. And then I wanted to start sharing that with other people. And a great, yeah, fascinating story. And so what are you then, once you decided you wanted to share it, you said, you know, did you go on training course and, and then, or did you just, just start sharing what you'd learned yourself? Well, I actually um, had signed up at the time to do my coaching qualification with a company called Mindful Talent. So they're very much about the mindful way of um, operating. And it just started getting me interested in lots of different ways to bring a bit more mindfulness into my life and a bit more self-care. And because I wanted to start developing my own business, I actually created a newsletter so that you know I had an email list and I had that um, kind of growing um Uh, sort of email comms method Um, so my email um, I sent out was once a week and it was called the self-care survival kit and it was where I shared a couple of tips to inspire people to bring a bit more self-care into their day-to-day life 
Um, that's now once a month, purely for my own self-care that I don't have to be doing it every week. But I wanted to be sharing with other people things that I was learning and also kind of showing different ways to bring self-care into your day-to-day life, no matter what your situation, what you you sort of like doing or don't like doing um, and how much time you had. So I just wanted to start sharing that as I went through my own journey and then as I've done different courses and different things um, along the way. Okay. And now, you know, and the reason we, we've, we've had you on because, you know, this is a well-being podcast and particularly around the workplace. And, you know, we you were telling me earlier that, you know, you're working with some cl- customers, um, some clients about getting employees to return back to work. Can you expand on that for the listeners and tell me what sort of work you're doing? Yeah, definitely. So this month is very busy in terms of returning to work and helping people sort of you know, get past the kind of bit of the change curve that we've probably been stuck on for the last few months. So it's really allowing people to have a bit of space to have some awareness of where they are, maybe where they they and their business are going, and help them come back to work, whether that's in an office, whether that is working at home now um, permanently, or whether that's hybrid working. So we're doing things like um, working on cultivating a kind of resilient mindset, Um, having open conversations around returning to work and the kind of anxieties that can come up from that and the stress and how to kind of deal with those things. And then also social reconnections. So the fact that, you know, we're coming back maybe into a workplace where we haven't seen so many people all at once for a period of time. So we'll be discussing like the power of of social reconnection and why it's important. Um, But overall, it's about kind of helping people build a toolkit of supportive strategies to help them return to work, whatever that looks like for them in the best way possible. Okay. I mean, I I suppose if a company didn't think the problem through, they could simply sort of send out a memo saying the offices can be open on, you know, 1st of September. Um, Everyone's expected to attend three days a week. What what sort of um, problems could you foresee from that sort of approach? Mm. So our working lives have been changing for a while now. But I think, you know, the emergence of the pandemic has led to massive change, more uncertainty and new challenges for us. And it is managing sort of that process of where are people on the on the change curve of dealing with the various different waves of change that we've had, recognising, you know, that there is going to be a certain amount of work related stress. And also, you know, people are going to have mixed feelings about coming back to work. So some people might be really excited. Some people might want to stay at home for longer. Some people want that hybrid sort of position. So many people are going to feel confused. They're going to be feeling worried and apprehensive. And it's really about exploring ways to maybe have that new hybrid working arrangement. How can we adjust what work looks like now for people um, in order to make sure that the people who are the kind of cogs and the wheels behind your business are in their best place possible to be able to, you know, be productive for the business. So everyone's going to be different. Everyone's going to react in different ways. And it's having a bit of, um, you know, a plan and having open conversations. And I think if you just think that people are going to come back, yes, they may actually physically come back, but people's mental health has really been affected in the past few months and sort of the last year and it's really how can you bring people back into your workplace in the best possible way for them for you and for your business 
And are, are you helping people <clears throat> with um, coming up with that plan or just, you know, once a business has got a plan, you're helping people, um, you know, um, implement that plan by encouraging people to come back to work? So I'm having conversations with people about things that they need to maybe think about and have awareness of, not necessarily helping them come up with a plan specifically. And, and lots of different businesses are in different sort of places with that. But I'm also helping them think about it's, it's almost like opening the conversation up, really. So some of the sessions that I'm running is literally getting people to think about things, getting people to to be honest and open about where they are at, and then giving them some tools and some exercises to just really gain more awareness because it's more like having the awareness at the, the start will help us create the best place moving forwards. So um, it's giving people some time and space as well to feel valued and feel heard in that space so it's very much about helping them to have some strategies to move forward and support them in the process so a lot of the conversations it sounds to me like you're you're helping the employer uncover what some of the issues and concerns are around you know employees before they return back to work is that is that a fair summary yeah, so the, the business that I work with, We Are Wellbeing, they actually run sort of wellbeing surveys and they work with their clients to understand where is everyone at, what do they need, what do they need the most right now? And then they'll come to me and the other associate coaches to deliver that content. And then with some of my own clients, I'm having conversations and really just asking them powerful questions to get them thinking about where their teams are at the moment and what would best serve them to help them move forwards. And what sort of what are you hearing from from you know people that are being asked to return to work? You know, is well being a particular problem for them? Are they are they concerned? And what what are those concerns? There's very much you know a difference depending on um, job role, whether they are returning to work fully or whether they're now working at home all the time. You know, every single person is different and. Um, the Mental Health Foundation actually have sort of been running um, a series of studies throughout COVID and sort of the various different waves we've been going through. And the sort of number of people who stated they're coping well with the stress of the pandemic has fallen slowly and steadily across the sort of pandemic year. So, you know, in April 2020, it was about 73% and now it's about 64%. So that coping mechanism, I feel like people are starting to um, not cope so well as before um, and people are having to deal with the stress and kind of create the work-life balance that um, they've sort of had this sort of strange space for a period of time so I think people are anxious about what uh, the future holds and also how is it a, is it a permanent thing is it uh, a small change now and maybe things will change moving forward I think people are still just a little bit anxious about where we are at and um, what things will look like. And it's almost like not a lot of people are um, not sure about moving forward, like how much to commit to a certain stage because um, anything could happen. So I think we've had a lot of setbacks previously and therefore people are a little bit nervous as to um, fully committing in sort of their mind, body and soul as to what the future looks like. I think people are very aware that they have to be a little bit flexible with what life could look like 
Yeah, I think, you know, as an employer, you know, there's some difficult decisions like, do you just say, right, we're going to permanently be, you know, a, a hybrid working model. And once you've committed to that, it's very hard to unwind. And um, so I, I can see why some employers are, are nervous about committing. But presumably that lack of commitment, or if there is a lack of commitment, makes it difficult to communicate a message and and um, give certainty to the to those returning back to work. Yes, and it's very much, I think, just keeping that conversation going rather than not saying anything at all. Um, so it's having open conversations and just, you know, keeping everyone aware of, of where the business is at because things will change. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, if I was, you know, if I was asked to organise a return to work, it sounds to me like... Um, you know, your number one tip would be talk to people, you know, communicate. That sounds like uh, the, the, the uh, you know, and it's nearly always the, the number one tip in most um, most problems you need to solve. But what other sort of um, tips could you, you know, and advice could you give to somebody that was, uh, was in that position where they're in charge of organising a return to work? Yeah, it's definitely having open channels of conversation. And I think also actively listening. So very often we'll ask questions and we won't listen to the answers. So even as people walk into the office and you're sort of like, oh, hi, how are you? Not listening to that answer and really and sometimes not listening to uh, or paying attention to the body language that comes into somebody giving you one answer. But you can tell that's not really the answer. I think it's very important that we just need to have a little bit of um, awareness of things because, sometimes people are not uh, very open about talking about their mental health and how they're feeling. So we have to have a little bit of awareness of that. And I think it's about giving a bit of space and time for some regular communication in both formal and informal ways. So making sure that one-to-ones happen, even if they don't create a result for the business, it's about nurturing those employee um, relationships. And very much having a clear structure of support for your employees so making them aware of how they can get support, what support looks like and um, sort of who they can talk to if they don't want to be talking to their line manager, for example. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that raises an interesting point because it, it, when we were first discussing this, I, I sort of envisaged that there'd be a lot of prep work before the first return to work Um as though the problem was solved once, you know, once the the person crosses the threshold for the first time. But actually, what you're saying is there's work pre pre return, and then once they've returned, you need to keep the the effort and the communication up to find out how it's going. Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah, definitely. I think um, you know we're in a kind of moving space, and change takes a while to get used to, no matter what. Um, you know, we're creatures of habit. So until we sort of really get back into how, you know, we maybe were before, people are still going to be on a level of change at certain points. And maybe they're working at home two days a week, and then the next week, it's three days a week. You know, people are in different times and spaces. And so it's having an awareness of that. And um, giving, you know, I think it's very important to give more time to conversations in the business that might not necessarily be delivering results. But your people are your assets. And so you need to be making sure that you're being a little bit more intuitive as to how everyone is um, and whether that's through, you know, the HR team or whether it's through line managers. It's just having a sort of program to make sure that you're checking in with everyone um, before any you know big problems come through. Yeah, no, I I get it, and I and are you supporting 
you know, the work you're doing, are you su- sort of supporting employers, you know, pre the sort of big return, if you like, and then are you staying on to support people um, post when the return? Or, or actually, is it too early? Are, are you, uh, you know, we, we still haven't officially come out of, um, at the time we're recording this, we still haven't formally come out of lockdown, have we? So are, yeah. are you, have you actually had any return yet or are you still planning for that first phase? Um, at the moment, we're kind of in the first phase, but I'm already booking in sessions for September that are more to do with um, building confidence, um, the kind of social reconnection side of things. So we're kind of doing the returning to work piece now. And then in a couple of months time after the summer holidays, it's almost like trying to reset people's mindset a little bit. So positive mindset for success sessions, how to build your confidence, social reconnection and teamwork. It's kind of, you know, bringing people back together into that space. Yeah. And presumably it's it's a very much a um, like it's an, it's an unknown. We've never we've never been through this before. And, you know, so you know you're you're anticipating what's going to happen and actually just you know being available after the people have returned to listen and help them adjust um you can only anticipate i'm sure you're going to learn a lot in september Mm, definitely and it's just seeing you know how does it evolve what do people need um we can sort of plan a little bit what we think people need but that's not always the reality so i think it's making sure that people are surveying their employees and actively asking the right kind of questions about their well-being needs so that we can provide content in webinars and interactive workshops that can really help support employees on their journey okay and when you're engaging with um with with uh, you know staff returning to work are you acting as a sort of trusted third party or do you tend to you know uh have management present in your work so you keep management out and then you you sort of you know in a bit in a position to filter the feedback or you know or you have a management there it can be a bit of both really it depends on the topic so often we have breakout rooms in sessions now those usually work a little bit better if management aren't present you know having been a senior leader in business I sort of know how people can present themselves in different ways so different kinds of sessions bring sort of different results Um, so usually they're more on an employee level but I think um, sometimes it's very useful to have management there to witness some of the discussions um, that maybe people in a in a space are because it's not one-to-one or it's not a small group, if there's, you know, 50 people there, people are more likely to be a little bit open in some of those breakout rooms. So it can vary depending on the session, um, but it's very much a large focus on on the employees. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm a... Yeah, I, I, I agree with the sort of mixed approach. We, we employ a sort of a performance coach who's not looking at this particular problem, but... Um, Definitely, when when Andy's on his own with the with the team, he gets different feedback than if if me or any of the other founders are present. So, no, I mm. I, I could see, and and I know there there are some people who are, are very nervous about returning to work, but might also be nervous about sort of sharing those concerns um, quite so publicly. So, are you doing many one to ones with people on behalf of employers, or is it tend to be group work? At the moment, it tends to be group work. Um, the one-to-ones tend to be for specific um, sort of topics and subjects. So whether that's building confidence, um, trying to help people create boundaries. So the one-to-one work is more where an individual has been identified that they want to help support them move forwards. Um, 
So it can be on a one-to-one basis for the kind of more self-care and mindset piece. Um, But at the moment, it seems to be a kind of collective. And maybe I think once people get into the workplace and particular people are struggling, that's where the one-to-one kind of thing will come through. And you talked earlier about social reconnection. And for me, that conjures up a picture of sort of helping, um, you know, employees get you know reconnect with their workmates you know rather than a management issue it's almost a you know a within a team issue if I, I understood mm. that correct can you, do you just expand on that one a bit more for us Rachel yeah this is very much about bringing people back together in a kind of work setting and then understanding the importance of connection and also how to deal with the anxieties around it so you know it's about the kind of power of collaboration and we have an intrinsic human need for connection so um maslow's hierarchy of needs talks about you know the basic physiological needs that we have but the the sense of connection is about halfway up that hierarchy before we get to self actualization and we need to have that sense of connection in order to um be the best version of ourselves but also to support each other and to move through kind of um business problems in the best possible way and I think it's making sure we're bringing people back creating that sense of community again in a space that's kind of safe and secure for people and identifying how can you nurture healthy working relationships and promote knowledge sharing when maybe people have been working at home quite insular not necessarily sharing so much But we know from research that the more people collaborate together and the more connected people are, the more efficient our workplace is and the more success we have. So it's thinking about how can you create some safe kind of collaboration hubs um, in real life or or virtually? And how can we get people working together again in a strong way? Because we have been very um, isolated and working in our own silos. So it's how can we nurture relationships back together to have, you know, real strong synergy um, and have that sense of connection and collaboration? OK, and, and that sounds like it's a post. You're going to start that work once people have come back or, or are you preparing for that already with workshops? Um, so I'm just I'm just having a look at my schedule. I think I've, I've done one, but that was also a mix of kind of self-care at work. And that business actually have been back in the office for a while. The other one is more towards the end of July, August time and more um, coming into September. So I think it's, yeah, let's bring everyone back in. Let's see how that all works. And then let's revitalize some of the relationships and the synergies that are going on. So it's it's kind of a post um, coming back together and also because you might have some people who are working in an office some people who will always be working at home and and that hybrid work in between and how does that all flow and work together it's like a new dynamic because it's not everyone in one situation you've maybe got three different situations so that's the kind of time to, to bring it all together and see how we can recreate that connection Okay. No, listen, Rachel, that, no, this is, you know, some really interesting stuff we've covered there. My guess is you're going to be pretty busy between now and sort of probably October, November. Um, but assuming you have a few gaps and people want to get in touch, what's the best way to, to contact you? Yeah. So you can work with me directly on positive mindset and self care coaching. Um, I offer one to one coaching. I also have a group coaching mastermind. So, my website is rachelletham.com and then you can find out more about what we're doing with We Are Wellbeing and the workshops and webinars I run with them um, as an associate coach at wearewellbeing.co.uk. 
Okay, great. We'll put the we'll put those links into the podcast notes. Um, fine. Listen, the, the, you know, I think that's incredibly topical, and uh, you know, and I, th- you know, I think that you know a lot of our listeners are about to start or are halfway through these challenges. So, um, th- thank you very much for that, Rachel. Um, but before I let you go, there's one question I ask everyone that comes on the podcast, and uh, so I'm going to ask you, and it's what book or media is giving you most inspiration at the moment, and why? Mm, so I'm currently reading a book called um, Creating Boundaries, Finding Peace by Nedra Glover Tawam. And it's a really easy read, but it's very insightful. So many of my clients at the moment and my group coaching mastermind tribe, they're struggling with creating and maintaining boundaries. So I'm just loving learning from that book and passing on some knowledge and seeing ways to help them um, support their journey. Excellent. We'll listen, we'll put a link to that in the in the podcast notes as well. Um, Rachel, thank you very much for coming on. Um, really topical, as I've said a couple of times, um, uh, of a lot of value to our listeners. And um, uh, maybe we'll catch up again in um, five, four or five months to find out how it's all gone and whether whether it was a problem that just was overcome and is fixed or whether it's still ongoing and there's still challenges yeah. to resolve. Um, Definitely. That's great. Well, thank you so much for having me. Th- thanks, Rachel.